Welcome to Liberty After Dark, folks. My name is Christian Moore, and it is a pleasure having you with us today. We uh, have a fresh haircut. We have no green screen issues. Everything has went smoothly, besides my food was a little late before the show, so we had to bump just, just a few minutes back so that I could get something in my stomach before I did this, because I would shoot myself if I had tried to do two or three hours on an empty stomach, because who knows, this conversation could get to that point today. So I wanted to talk about something that I think is, you know, we're, we're going to kind of leave behind most of the news. We'll talk about a little bit of it in the beginning. But the main topic of today, I really wanted to be about the anarchist approach to spreading the message. And I kind of want to do not only like a self-critique, but more of like what we can do to energize the main base and also sort of like a just an analysis of what's been working, what hasn't been working, and what we need to do to get from where we are to where we want to be. Because words are great, but without purpose and direction, even even actions uh, are fruitless. So we, we need to make sure that whatever we're doing has you know, a clear A to B goal in mind. So and it, it needs to be slightly more uh, out there then or slightly more focused than just spread the word. <clears throat> ben, ben says, damn, you're young. Thanks, man. <laughs> yes, I am young. Uh, it is, I'm, especially for people, and you know, most of the people that I interact with in the Liberty Movement, I'm one of the youngest, except for my little brother, Caleb. He's a, a bit younger than me, so, yeah. I don't know how old you thought I was, but yeah. <laughs> uh, 20, 23, that's how old I am, so. So I'm sure most of you guys saw the news segment that I did on LLN, and we're going to be talking about some of the same things. I, I want to start off with the petty one that I just, I don't really have like a big ethical or political stance on. I just think it's just so hilarious. The Navy confirmed that the White House asked the uh, USS John McCain to be gone from Japan, like out of sight, not visible for the president. And that was a directive from the president passed through the White House. Um... Again, you know, if you heard me talk about that the last time, like, the dude's dead. It's a boat. I mean, it's a big boat. It's a ship. But come on. Like, come on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, it, the, that's got to be, like, one of the pettiest things. And, and he's not exactly what I would call a, a very uh, tact person. So to say that's one of the pettiest things is, man, that is up there yeah that's confirmed from from the navy now it's not just like a, oh a white house staffer leaked this to the wall street journal like no no the navy confirmed like yeah this was ass so we're gonna we're just gonna be honest about it which you know i commend their honesty i suppose i'm sure donnie t is not happy but yeah i mean i i appreciate the transparency i suppose but nothing has developed on iran since the last time we talked about it it just keeps more just words iran's like look we don't want to fight and then the u.s is like me neither but if you do anything we're gonna kick your butt okay cool i mean that's pretty much how iran has been taking it at this point they're like oh, okay then whatever just get your hissy fit temper tantrum over um I really can't help but wonder if someone in the Middle East is like, guys, like we can't, we can't like not have an, or someone in the Middle East, if someone in Trump's cabinet is like, guys, we can't, we can't not have an enemy 
in the Middle East right now. Like we have to have someone over there that we can we can hate, right? Because that keeps it keeps all the detention focus outside of the states. That's kind of I mean at this point that has to be what what is going on in their heads. Oh yeah, because he has to get involved uh, in everything, bombing busybody. He's such a. We're speaking about John Bolton here. He's such a. He's got such a bad history. And you know, it's funny. People talk about this all the time about how Trump came in. He talked about how he was going to drain the swamp and literally just filled it to the brim. And I'm not going to suggest that any of the prior cabinets weren't an example of filling the swamp. But literally, I mean, he he pretty much pulled what what was it, Andrew Jackson, who just was like, "Hey, you you were my friend, and back in the old, okay, here's a job." You know, it's like that, that's kind of like the criteria of job selection we got going on. It's like he heard John Bolton's name before, and then someone probably within the military industrial complex was like, "Oh yeah, we're buddies. I'm buddies with that John Bolton guy. Take him on." And uh, I mean that that is such a bad pick if you're what Trump tries to sell himself as an, a, a quote-unquote non-interventionist. I mean, the dude shot missiles at at Syria, so I won't exactly call him a non-interventionist, but, I mean, the dude at least tries to give off that image. You can't have John Bolton on your team and have that. Um, and, you know, I think the same thing is true with Mattis. I mean, the dude has been, like, universally against unilateralism for, like, the last 20 years. I mean, what did you expect him? You know, it was it was obvious from the beginning that he and Trump weren't going to jive as Secretary of Defense. So, you know, enjoy your retirement, Mattis. Obviously, this was not the right call to begin with, but they gave it the best shot. So, that's too nice for someone so gung-ho on killing his fellow man. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think so. I, I try not to just like go straight into the expletives in the beginning of the show, but the dude is, he's he's a weasel. We'll we'll, we'll stick stick there. I if I'll have way more expletives if he winds up actually doing something out of all of this. Um, right now he's just again. This is why I kind of think at the moment like nobody really wants this to happen except for maybe John Bolton and the military industrial complex, which are very powerful forces. Don't get me wrong, but you know I mean. If it does kick off, then I'll have a lot more to say about John Bolton than I do now. Uh, we may need that uh, guillotine that uh, wh wherever he went, Ben White keeps around. Could be useful. But <laughs> Bolton reminds me of that Lord of War movie. Yeah, I know, right? It, it, he just like exudes that same sort of just conniving, just flat out evil ways. And yeah, I know that's hyperbolic. Sue me. It's just. It's just how he, it's just what happens. He just comes off that way and it's gross. I'm not, I'm not even going to play with you guys. It's gross. I am. I do not appreciate John Bolton at all. Um, you know, I talk a lot of smack about a lot of different people. Like I, I got, this was three or four shows ago, I guess. Not too long after I opened up the email account. Um, I got like an initial flood of like emails and most of them were really positive from people who like watch podcasts more than anything. Those are typically the people who email me who are not a part of like our Liberty memes circle, which is really cool to see that people are out there who aren't, you know, a part of like our immediate contact group who are getting the show. But, um, one of them was <laughs> not very happy that I kept making fun of John McAfee all the time. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm like, I, I like 
John McAfee more than I do Bolton. And I, I can't stand either of them. But I def I would like if you were to lock me in a room for the rest of eternity with one or the other, I think I'd be less likely to strangle John McAfee than I would John Bolton. So that's that's my official stance on the issue. You guys can quote me on that. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, Equality Act hasn't gone anywhere, obviously, since uh, we, we never got to talk about it on the show because I suck and the last episode was terrible. But um, it, so for any of you who missed the new segment that I did for LLN, the Equality Act is basically, to put it into the simplest terms possible, is a bill that is attempting to make it, any, any uh, nonconformist gender, uh, sexual attraction, if, if it fits into the LGBTQ, what is it, I plus um, moniker, then it is, they're attempting to make it a protected, them a protected class, by, by law, a protected class. Not like, a, you know, Republicans overusing the word protected class, like an actual protected class. So that's something to, something to consider. Um, not exactly something I'm a fan of. I think there are worse things on planet Earth if it does pass, but you know, at the same time, I believe in the, the freedom of the individual to choose who to serve, and I almost just dropped my open drink everywhere, so that was very close. Um, it's, you know, I can, I can understand coming f from a group who is, to a certain extent, and was extremely persecuted. Um, that's why I try too hard not to, like, bash on people all the time for, you know, their eccentric life choices, especially when it doesn't involve me. Uh, cause there's still a lot of big knee jerk reaction from, from everywhere. I mean, we see it in Liberty memes to be completely honest with you, especially LMCG is this like knee jerk reaction towards being trans and you know, they make it into like, it's really interesting to see because, you know, these are people who are like libertarians and they're like, oh, well, if I didn't want to serve somebody, that's my right as an individual. And someone's like, oh, well, the implications of that on society could be that we have a large group of marginalized people if they are all, you know, a group of individuals, you know, marginalize, <clears throat> attempt to marginalize them. But those are the same people who will say that like, oh, we, you know, it's good for the good of society that we don't like entertain you know, these trans fantasies and just, you know, th they need mental health and I'm not going to support that. And like, dude, get, get over yourself. Like it's, it's not you, you know, <laughs> I have no other way. The ANCAP stance on that is why are you trying to tell someone what, like, okay, you can think whatever you want to think about it, but like, you're just screaming into a, a vacuum as far as I'm concerned. Like you might as well just put a paper bag in front of your face and just be like, trans isn't real it's gender dysmorphia and it needs to, you know you need to electrocute them to fix it or whatever the crap you believe like congratulations you know i mean where does that how does that align with your like per philosophy on like individual liberties you know especially if you're someone like an ancap also hello quirt i i called you out a little while ago so it's good to see that you're here i just you know, I mean, people used to say the same thing about being gay, and some people do, but, you know, this is just a part of, you know, it, it's in its own way, it's an Overton window. This is, this will not be a problem forever, and it's almost kind of good that we're getting through it now, but it's also not a new issue either. I mean, this has been something that's been talked about. It just hasn't been, like, the focus of a group in politics 
pretty much ever. I mean, neither was gay marriage either until it like passed through the uh, Supreme Court, and then it was just straight on shot through there. Electrocognitive therapy, been there. Yeah, uh, it is less than conducive to a good time. Um, less than conducive. <laughs> it's like trying to use like copious amounts of LSD for, you know, as, as like a medication. It's like, oh, well, their structure of their brain is changing. And you're like, yeah, but not in good ways. It's like you may you may cure their Tourette's, but you gave them dementia. You know, I'm not saying that LSD cures Tourette's. I was just making a, an example there of some like kind of cognitive disorder that could be corrected through psychoactive substances. But yeah. But that as far as like, as far as bills and, and things that are moving through Congress, I think that's interesting. Someone brought up that there's a chance that Donald Trump, you know, would veto it. And I think ew, that's a, that's a hell of a move on his part. That is a hell of a move on his part. If, if Donald Trump wanted to veto the Equality Act, like let's say it passes the Senate, like there was enough of a, of a Republican movement in the House to where it passed with with substantially more than just a 50% majority that it needed to get through or the 51. Sorry. I don't, I don't have the exact number in front of me. I'm sorry, but let's just say the house is swung or the Senate is swung in a similar direction. And it's like, you know, you, you pull over a couple people in the reds, you make it a, a 51, 52, 53% majority. And it passes through the Senate and it gets to Donnie T's desk. If he, if he vetoes that bill, it's, it's, it's going to immediately push back on it. It's going to have a huge amount of initial flack. And that is an interesting idea to think about as far as future political ramifications. Because, you know, everybody likes to say Donald Trump's a racist. Donald Trump hates LGBTQ community. Donald Trump hates the gays or whatever. I'm just going to throw that phone down there. It just keeps making noise. But then to actually have like a tangible piece and, and, you know, obviously it's hyperbolic to say like he hates them from this bill, but that is exactly how it will be spun. And to have like, not just like a, oh, well, he, he's a, you know, he doesn't like the gays because one time he said that's gay and that's marginalizing homosexuals. But to have something that's like, oh, well, he could have protected these people from discrimination in the law, but he chose not to, which means he must harbor some sort of resentment towards them and wants them to be marginalized. Like that's the kind of cognitive reasoning that's going to be going on. Now, obviously there's so much mental gymnastics that gets you from step A there to step B that you have to, you know, do some like somersault, triple backflips to get to. But once you're there, you have, you've reached the, the left talking points and you've just given them ammunition, fuel to the fire. And I'm not saying that he's someone who caves to opposition, but if you're looking at getting reelected in 500 and something days, you have to start thinking slightly more about how much you piss people off. <clears throat> and if, if what you do to piss people off is going to help you get reelected, see, that's the thing. Trump says, build a wall. It pisses people off, but it energizes his base. Trump says, lock her up. That pisses a lot of people off, but it energizes his base. Trump says, I'm not going to, you know, sign the Equality Act to make these individuals a protected class. That's not exactly necessarily an immediate energization of his base. Maybe like the super evangelical crowd that he really preaches to, uh, no pun intended, or 
you know the he has a he has a large voting base in uneducated white males, which is also a possible source to pull from. Uh, it's just not something that I would consider like a strategic move as far as getting reelected, and that's something he has to consider. Swing states voted almost entirely more blue than they had in the elections before during the midterms. That's not a good sign, uh, especially since a lot of it's from the rural areas. You know, most of the urban areas are already voting blue. So when you start, start having more rural areas go in and start switching parties on you in the middle of an election cycle, you know, it, it usually is what whoever wins the, the presidency, usually the opposite wins the House. And it's sort of a knee jerk reaction to losing the presidency is to energize and to get into the polling booths. But there are way more, way, 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 way more Democrats out there than there are Republicans and Libertarians. So, so what you're saying is you hate Ron Paul. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hate Ron Paul very much. Can't stand the dude. Fight me. I'm just kidding, by the way. Don't I, I don't hate Ron Paul. Don't click off. <laughs> Google Safe Schools Victoria. Okay, all right. Let's do a little bit on or uh, in the in the flesh research right now. In 2010, the Victorian government established safe schools to ensure schools are safe places for all students, including lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex students, and are free of discrimination. All right, so here, well, let's just look at let's just look at this for a little bit because I'm interested to see where this goes. So, what is safe schools? The safe school program helps schools fa uh, foster a safe environment that is supportive and inclusive to LGBTI students. So, you know. Just one thing real quick. I think it's really interesting that it initially opened up with like safe for all students. And obviously that's to make like an inclusivity thing. This is like your, your uh, schools are already safe for non LGBTQI, whatever it is now, plus I believe um, stu or students. But now with this, it is so 2010. That's really interesting. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't gay marriage still illegal in Australia okay I don't think it is anymore because I remember they started that island and I, I know that there was that like gay island that was like hey we need to be able to like be able to get married so I think it's pretty interesting I think I cut off part of this this article or this is from Wikipedia so it's like an actually awful source but it's whatever I know that it's not like it's not like in the U.S. where it's like you can be gay and get married. They changed the definition of marriage to not include like a man and a woman or something like that. And I think there are still like courthouses and places like that in Australia that don't recognize it. Um, that country's so whack. I'm so sorry that you live there. I know it's like a beautiful, great place and I'm happy for you. That place is whack. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um Gay marriage is still not recognized. Yeah, that's what I thought. They they call it like a civil union or something like that. And I know that they amended the terms for marriage, but they still don't qualify. There was some high-level court case over there that meant, uh, basically said, like, no, you guys still don't qualify for marriage. It doesn't work like that. Just because they, like, changed up some of the wording in the marriage law. So, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, 2010 too, you know, that's like way, 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 way before we really got on this. I mean, it was only, what, how, how many years has it been? Two, three years since, no, it's been more than that, right? Since gay marriage, the Supreme Court 
you know, cleared gay marriage. I think I just think that the, the way that the law handles marriage is interesting anyways. Um, you know, I, I, I say this and, you know, maybe one day I'll be convinced by some by some, you know, charismatic lady that I need to to sign a certificate. But I don't I don't think I'm ever going to file for a marriage certificate. I don't think I'll have a ceremony one day, hopefully, <laughs> assuming I don't die a fedora wearing ANCAP alone in my room. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to file for I've looked at the benefits of it and I don't see the benefits as being worth enough for me to compromise that strongly on my position. And it's a little petty. I'm not going to lie to you. And it'll probably hurt some feelings, a lot of feelings actually. But, um, I think that's pretty much the stance I've decided to take at this point. I don't think I'm ever going to legally marry anymore or anymore, anyone. So it's 13 since Hillary Clinton says she was against it. Oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, this issue is not that old. 2010, I mean, gay marriage wasn't even, like, a thing in the U.S., and I know we got through that before Australia did, because they still haven't gone through it, so. They used the plebiscite last year to con everyone to think they were going to give gay marriage legal rights, but the only thing that happened is that pedophiles have become pedosexuals, excuse me? What? I feel like I'm missing something here. Like, you're not going to tell me that they, like, legally changed the term of a pedophile to a pedosexual, right? Because that's, like, that's, like, progressive on a whole new level. Um, you want to talk about some Overton window pushing. They're like, hey, let's just normalize pedophilia. Let's call it pedosexual. I hope that's not what you're trying to tell me is going on here. Because if that's the case, we've got some elbows to drop. Um, that's crazy. I mean, we always have some elbows to drop if you look in the right places. That is, that is super, super crazy. Uh, I'd, I'd love for you to elaborate the, on that for me. So what I, one thing that I always think is, is interesting with these, you know, window pushing government types. Oh, they're trying to get it through. Okay. I see what you're saying. So it's not a thing yet, but they're trying to make it a thing. Um, more so than it is now, which I think is very interesting. Uh, man, geez. I, that's one of those, like, how do you sleep at night moments? You know, I, I've taken a really unpopular stance when it comes to, to, you know, people who like pedophiles. I mean, not even pedophiles, but people who just have like an attraction to minors, and and the fact that like if if they haven't done anything wrong, you have to like you to be an ethically consistent person, you have to take the stance of no victim, no crime, and try to get them help. You can't just like go around, you know, burning them alive or anything, uh, like some people would like to do. Um, I don't I don't think it's right. We had a really really in depth conversation with this about, with one group. Not again, not that I support any of this existing. It's all horrible stuff. And the second that they do something wrong, you know, you just get right to the point if you know what i'm saying i i don't like if 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 someone were to come out to either themselves a group or a community and said like i have a problem and i need help and my problem is that i'm i i like little kids i understand 100 percent that the initial reaction would be to kill them 
or to do something crazy like that or to you know drive them out of the community i don't think that's the right stance so i think there has to be like a minor teeny tiny tweak to the way that we look at people who are sick and people who need help or who need to be identified either way because you can't have someone who's just a ticking time bomb in a community you can't have that but at the same time you know having, having someone who who either is just sitting there closeted up just waiting to become an incident and having someone come out and then be lynched for it they 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 inter they cross at some point you you have to be able to have an environment where people can try to get help otherwise nothing's going to change uh and i know we had a really big conversation about this earlier but that's the one thing i wanted to say just to get that out in the open but the idea of normalizing pedophilia and, and redefining it to try to rebrand it like pedosexual or something like that, like that's not, that's not okay. <laughs> like we have to understand that this is a bad thing. And I'm someone who, like I said, it takes like a lighter stance than most people does on, not on the acts, but on the people involved in it. So, oh, Celeste said I wanted to get married without a license, but I let my husband talk me down. To be fair, I wasn't full libertarian yet. I regret it though. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just another way for the government to lock you down. I don't I uh, you know, I have no intention of getting one. Um I I mean, they'd have to make an incredibly convincing argument. Um incredibly convincing. I know there's like concerns when it comes to like children and stuff like that anyways, but if anything, it's just a custody battle I don't have to worry about losing. So, you know, look at that. <laughs> the way I see it anyways. And you know, there's there's not any. I mean, nothing else changes. So, yeah. So, I mean, there actually, I say that there are some other things that change, but I think that's the biggest one that everybody cares about. The less I've changed a lot in the last three years. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, just just going from bootlicker constitutional conservative to where I am now is quite the quite the change. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's, yeah, it's just crazy looking back on it. And and you look at things in such a whole new light now. You know, you look at it, even like a driver's license now. You're like, hmm, okay. Like, what's going on here? And I think driver's license is one of the most justifiable licenses out there. And still, like, a, you know, things like a hunting license. Especially if it's your own property. <laughs> you don't need a hunting license for, I don't believe you need a hunting license for, I think it depends on the state. I think it depends on the state, actually. I think some of the Midwestern states, you have to have a hunting license regardless of where it is. So, yeah, Celeste says I was there once. Yeah, I mean, I think most libertarians come, most, uh, not all, but most of them come from a constitutional conservative background. Because once you learn to drop the Constitution, the rest kind of just follows. Um, and, you know, I, so Al Mosley said this yesterday on LLN. He, he said something that was just so poignant and I, like, I don't know how I never thought of this before. Cause I, you know, it's, it's a thought I've had in my head, but I've never thought about like actually utilizing it in a conversation. But you know, a lot of people will say like, Oh, if it wasn't for the constitution, you wouldn't be able to, to speak about this. You wouldn't be able to defend yourself or blah, 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 blah. And it is insane to me that someone who could be so fervent towards the constitution doesn't understand where their rights come from. They think their rights come from the constitution. And that is like exactly not what the constitution does. It is literally just a piece of paper that lists them. And it says, these all come from somewhere else. 
this is not, these are just, this is just a list that we're making so that it's clear that everybody knows. Okay. That's literally it. It's not like, that's what's so crazy about constitutional amendments to like the Bill of Rights or something like that. So let's say we like amended or, or omitted or deleted the Second Amendment. You know, we're saying that like, oh, well, this constant inalienable right that has always existed for you to defend yourself is no more. I mean, that is, that is asinine. That is asinine. Do people still believe a piece of paper give you rights? So many people believe that. I think there is, um, you know, and we can get into the philosophy and ethics behind this for a long time if you guys want to. But I think there is an argument to be made that if you come from a non-theological background, that there is there is a an argument that rights are, at least if nothing else, honored by man. So you, you can say like, oh, I have all these natural rights, but if no one honors them, they don't mean anything. So there's, yeah, there, there's definitely something going on here. Uh, both arguments have their credence, obviously, but it's a little bit harder to, the natural rights argument is harder to make if you don't have a theological background, which is when you have to start going into like the whole human condition argument. And that's, that's a whole can of worms. <laughs> Just defining the human ex experience to begin with through the human condition is not an easy task. So Celeste says uh, they sincerely believe that if they were born somewhere else, they'd have no natural rights. I don't think they understand it to that level. To be completely honest, and I know that sounds condescending, but I, I don't think someone who's a starch constitutionalist sees it as like, they, they, they don't want to understand the disconnect. They think like the constitution is their natural rights, not that, not that they get their natural, or not that the constitution gets their rights from natural rights. So... I, I don't think they, they they realize there's a split there. It's like the Constitution was written out and then like poof, their natural rights became a thing and they're, they're ethereal and they're out there. So they're like linked. And if you destroyed the piece of paper, the natural rights vaporized with it. But if they were to go anywhere else, their natural rights would still be applicable as long as, long as that, that artifact, that piece of paper still exists in this realm. That's why we keep it locked up in a vault so that it can't ever be destroyed lest we lose our natural rights <laughs> i you know i i understand where you're coming from about the domestication thing but i don't even think it goes as nefarious as domestication with the constitution i just think it's good marketing or propaganda however you want to look at it it's just like oh well the constitution is where we get our rights and people are like oh okay cool it lists them all out that makes sense to me but you know if you read it you know it's it's not quite uh, quite so straightforward. It's actually quite like the opposite of straightforward. It you know, and again, this, the argument gets more complex depending on the position that you come from. Whenever it comes to like where do you get your rights, blah 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 blah. But I think everybody can acknowledge the fact that you is. <coughs> oh my god! I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Um. I mean, the Constitution, the, the preamble of the Constitution is pretty explicit. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and uh, in our liberties and prosperities, do ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States of America. Boom. But um, I think I messed that ending part up a little bit, but whatever. 
I, that's how much I knew the Constitution. I could recite the preamble. I still can by heart. <laughs> and uh, I think, again, I think I messed up the end of it there. But that that is like, it's pretty explicit. It's like this document just exists to, to give, it's like a mission statement for a business. It's not a replacement for like the actual brick and mortar establishment. It's just like, this is the piece of paper that says what we're going to do. So, and even just that preamble has been so shat on at this point that it's not even... You know, I think the the alluring part about the Constitution is that there are a lot of things about it that are great. A lot of things. Overall, not so great. But there are things that are great about the Constitution. And, uh, you know, I mean, just, just the fact that it, it codifies rights in a place that you can be referenced. I think you could do a better job of being explicit about how... I mean, it is explicit, though. I don't, I don't even think that's a fair criticism. I just didn't sign it. And I don't give a shit about it. I don't need it. It, it, it binds me to a set of laws that I'm not interested in. It binds me to a government that I don't support. It's, you know, that that's my issues with the Constitution. It's not so much that it codifies these natural rights that many of us still as ANCAPs believe are incredibly important to living as a free individual in a society. It, it You know, that's not the issue. The issue is that with everything else that comes along with the Constitution, the establishment of the government, if it was literally just a list of rights, I don't think anybody anybody of would have an issue with the Constitution at all, except for people who like want to own slaves or something. Then they'd probably have issues with the Constitution. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much my Constitution spiel. <laughs> uh, Kane said, "Yeah, okay, I already read that comment." <clears throat> it's just something to. Uh, it's something I feel really strongly about too, and I didn't really. I was a minarchist for a while until I read Spooner and I was like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't sign shit. This is so true. Um, I wish more people would read Spooner. I wish more people would read Spooner and process what Spooner is saying, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do that book club so bad, but I don't know if I'm going to have the time for it. Honestly, I'm going to try to make it happen, but we'll see. I, I just don't know to what extent People really think about the implications of connecting the, the whole point I brought this up is I, I don't think people understand the implications of connecting natural rights to the Constitution. <clears throat> Kane says that's why I've tried to educate. Oh, Jesus, that's the third time I've tried to read that comment. Kane says, for me, the only thing the Constitution brings is violence against those who don't kiss its arse. Uh, here the way it's written, it is about using mob violence to enforce your ideals upon others. Yeah, it sounds like the Australian way to do the Constitution. Um, again, you know, I think as far as, like, founding government documents go, the Constitution ranks up there with one of the best. But, like, the problem is in the name. <laughs> founding government documents. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mmm. And it's like an anarchy is like a is is a is a lack of of centralized power, right? So you could say that there could be like a founding government document, but you can't really call some people consider anarchism a form a form of of political organization and therefore societal organization. And to some level, an anarchy is a system of government, which is just. It's like saying atheism is like a religion. It doesn't quite work that way, but whatever. We won't get into the esoteric 
argument that that can be at times, but it's something to keep in mind for certain. Something to keep in mind. Here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna take a quick three minute break. I'm gonna put my little my little timer back on. And then when we come back, we will start getting into some more conversation about the the future of our future as ANCAPs and libertarians alike. This is something that I saw from, I'm sure, a common mutual friend that we all have um, that I, I won't name because I haven't talked to him about it. And this is a live podcast. It's going to get pushed out to a bunch of people and he's not here. So whatever. He's, he's a mutual friend that we all have, I'm sure, through the Liberty Memes community. And he was kind of, he, he, was, he, was, he was upset. He was not, uh, not happy with the way things were. It didn't feel like to him that progress was being made. And so, you know, he was, he was disillusioned. He was kind of just expressing his concerns. Not that it was like a, a big thing or a big problem, but it was just kind of like a phase that people go through. I've been disillusioned about plenty of things before. So he was basically voicing his opinion that it seems like everybody is, is talking the talk. Everybody's spreading the message. You know, even I'm guilty of that. I'm sitting here spreading the good word right now. And, you know, he, he was like, well, what... What is, what is actually being done to promote a libertarian society? And he's like, what, you know, we, we need results. And I, I pretty much told him my response and it probably wasn't the best response in the world. I could have probably been more supportive, but at the same time, you know, the, the true response was that I, I didn't see a way to like, we, we don't live in a place in time right now where we're going to be seeing Ancapistan anytime soon. And that's hard for a lot of people to accept because that's what we want, right? It's like telling somebody, it's like telling somebody their dream. Oh, thanks for the share, by the way, David. It's like telling somebody their dream is to become like a, like a, a professional singer or something like that. And you just tell them like, it's just not in the cards. Like it could maybe happen, but it, it's probably not. And not only would you have to work super hard at it, but everything has to fall into perfect alignment. That's pretty much how I see in Capistan in our lifetime. Is it like, it would have to be a huge shift in the way that we culturally think about what we're doing. It has, it would be a huge shift in the way that we politically think about our, ourselves as a community. Like we've fallen so far from the community level mentality that we are isolationists in our neighborhoods and we are centralized. So who did an oopsie? We all did an oopsie. Let's be honest. Every single one of us here could be better libertarians than we are. If every single one of us has the capacity to be a better libertarian than we are right now, in the sense that you can either be contributing more to your community you could be, I, I mean, there's so many different ways of looking at this other than spreading the word. There are ways that every single one of us can be more agoristic than we are right now. I mean, hell, just avoiding a sales tax on, on items is more agoristic than, than purchasing items from like a convenience store or something. And there's nothing wrong with supporting capitalism. And I understand that that's kind of a, it, it's kind of a, unrealistic argument in a lot of places, but it's, it's the true fact is that we can do better than we are doing. And so I think that that's probably would have been a better response to his comment than 
necessarily what I what I had initially given him, which is pretty much that, like, look, unless you want to go live on an island, you're going to have to accept the fact that Encapacine isn't going to come tomorrow. We can do our best to live the Encap lifestyle in the system that we have, and then also, at the same time, work to change. Um, you guys all know how I feel. I have my transitarianism, hashtag TM, um... And, and I personally believe that that's the only way that we're going to peacefully reach Ancapasan in a meaningful time span. It's essentially the invalidation of the state, right? Or we go through collapsitarianism and hope that we hold on to it. That's our that's our other option. So I argued with a cop today. Is that agoristic? No, no, it's not agoristic. It's just you defending. Or I mean, it's just you. Arguing with a cop, and and you're more than you know free to do so, I guess, but um, not not agoristic. So it's you know you you got to pick your battles in a lot of places, but it's definitely something that you have to think about. So uh, I want to read this comment from Court real quick. He says, "I think as society we've been conditioned and become used to the idea of the government taking care of our neighbors rather than." coming together as a community to take care of the downtrodden in our neighborhoods so we don't actively seek the help of our fellow man. Oh, Social Justice Paladin, thank you for the share. So something that I think, I mean, this is pretty much what I was getting on earlier, so exactly what Court's saying, is that the centralization of power has let us be, it, is, it has let, it has given us a, a way to facilitate not being engaged in our communities. Because we can say, oh, well, the government will take care of them. You know, when people, that is, ex that's exactly the mindset that the left has, and even the right to an extent as well. It's like, oh, well, you know, what are we going to do about these people who aren't, haven't been responsible through their lives, and they haven't, you know, taken up savings, and now they're old and they can't work, and they're in their 70s or 80s or whatever, and now they need support. Well, it's like, oh, well, they're going to have Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, blah, blah, blah. The government, will, the government will take care of them. You don't have to worry about members of the community. And to an extent, you don't even have to be responsible for yourself because Big Brother's going to be there for you. So, and not like me and Caleb, how Caleb's my little brother, like Big Brother is in government, Big Brother. <laughs> uh, Caleb says, well said. That's why I always advocate for communities to come together uh, rather than rely on government and police. So this is exactly what the, the concerned commenter was getting on about. He said, that, that's like, that's a great stance to take. What are you doing to, to make that a reality. Like Kane has a perfect example of, of his break the domestication. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that because he lives that agoristic libertarian life in his community. And that's commendable. It's extremely commendable. And I really can't, uh, you know, I can't say I'm extremely guilty of, of this. So don't feel like I'm attacking you guys. I have so much more than I can do to help. And this, this, this is more than just helping with GoFundMes. Like this is, you know, if your community has like a, a garden that they use, like the town that I used to live in had like a botanical garden and, and like a, a, a strictly like greenhouse garden that they was entirely community funded, was entirely volunteer. They didn't get a single dollar from property taxes. And they used that food to stock fresh vegetables for homeless shelters. Uh, you know, fruits and vegetables. And like, that is something that I could have been involved in. And at the time I wasn't, and I, you know, I had all of my different reasons for doing so, but 
it would have made me a better libertarian if I did so. And as someone who constantly now anyways advocates like you got to help your communities, I understand we all only have like a limited amount of time to to volunteer for things. But is a, is a few hours a week of your time pretty much whenever you want really that big of a sacrifice for promoting these volunteer based communities? Like is, that, is that really such an issue? They're like, oh, man. I'm going to miss the football game. Guess guess we're going to have to wait until, you know, the end of the season for these voluntary communities to start propping up. It's like, you know, the, the, in my opinion, there are bigger fish to fry. And as important as spreading the message is, and as important as having a good conversation is, I th there, there's, it is super true that we can all be doing better. All of us. Every single one of us. I think if you ever sit down and you say like, yeah. I've made it. I'm a real libertarian now. I've, I'm, I'm doing everything I need to. And we're not already in Ancapistan. You have the wrong mindset. There is more work to be done. And I know that's a really strong opinion. And there are going to be people who disagree with that. But that's, that's, that's my opinion. So should I be active? Uh, should I be more active in my community watch? As long as they're not like super statist and it's something you support and you want to keep your community safe, community watches are going to be something that takes up the place of um, police patrolling your neighborhoods and your towns in Ancapistan. And that's something that if, if, if safety in your community is something that's important, then perhaps you should. Perhaps you should make a statement that says like, look, we don't need cops patrolling our streets. We're here. This is our neighborhood. This is our community. We're going to protect it. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's a powerful statement to make too. Not, not perhaps the exact organization that I had in mind, but there's an argument to be made that that is agorism in, in work. It is, it is the resistance of the state and showing that they are obsolete, that you don't need them. So Caleb says, I had a plan to hand out food for the homeless and or hungry in my town. I realized most of the boys in blues would most likely shut me down. So I decided I could probably, do that during the street fairs. Uh, yeah. And even if they shut you down, you know, I think the worst that can happen in Houston now that it's illegal to feed the homeless is you get a fine. And um, it's not it's not something that will get elevated to higher courts. So, you know, if I, if I get a fine for feeding homeless people, you know, the last thing you're going to see me do is giving them that $350. They can rip that from my cold, dead hands as far as I'm concerned. I will push that as high as it goes. I, I cannot believe that, you know, food, food, feeding homeless people is is now illegal in pretty much every major city in the world. And I get it. They don't want to facilitate like they don't want to promote homelessness, but that's not what you're doing by giving people food. OK, that's not what you're doing. If I buy someone a Subway sandwich and they're hungry and they want a Subway sandwich, I don't care if they're homeless or they have a home. The person deserves to fucking eat. And that blows my mind. Like, just because, you know, Officer fucking Porkser over there comes over and is like, hey, man, that's illegal. I'm going to have to give you a $300 fine for feeding that homeless person. You can take that ticket and shove it so far up, you know, tickles, tip of the ticket tickles your prostate for all I care. It's it's super aggravating. If you can't tell, I'm I'm tilted now. Like, that that's one of those things that gets me. Also, David Gay, thanks for showing up, man. Appreciate you. I love this shirt. Love this shirt. Uh, you can get all these shirts from the Liberty Meme store, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> hey there, stop it. Unless you pay the crown and provide to the needy. Yeah, I mean, because that's... Oh, you don't have to buy people food because we have like soup kitchens and stuff like that. And the government does that. Oh, wait, they're all staffed by volunteers. And, you know, most of the food comes from voluntary donations. And like, yeah, okay, cool. We got a building from you guys, but great. Thanks. They have to know that that law is immoral. I mean, sure. Maybe they do. Maybe you could claim ignorance, I guess. Um, Propaganda arm is strong, man. Uh, you are highlighting the humanity in your fellow man that is fundamental, not criminal. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand the argument. I mean, not saying that it should be illegal, but like, you know, I can understand that there is an argument to be made that perhaps giving money is not the best to, you know, just like random homeless people, like, you know, throwing 20 bucks in the hat or whatever. At the same time, I'm not here to pass judgment on people I know nothing about. And if I feel like being generous, I'm going to be generous. Um, typically, I am more than I should be. But uh, not not to like virtue signal or anything, just to, you know, probably point out that perhaps there are times when I should be, you know, offering to like buy food or water or something like that instead of just throwing cash. But because it's, it's, it is easier, right? But, um, you know, at the same time, like, and, it, and we're talking about more, again, we can come up with even more scenarios about this. Yeah, Matthew, they're just following orders. Yeah, like, great. Congratulations. Like, so were the, you know, and I know this comparison's made all the time, and it is hyperbolic, but like, so were the Nazis. Like, that didn't help them. That didn't help them in the Nuremberg trials. It's not going to help you now. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, you guys want to get me going. Like, that's a good way. Start getting me talking about cops. It always gets me going. Every time. Ever fails, guys. Never fails. <laughs> I think that's the most pushback that I get from the people that listen or that that I'm so vocally upset about the way police operate. That's probably it. That's probably the biggest amount of pushback that I get. Because um, it is such a polarizing issue. But to get back where I was going... Um, it, I, all of these things that we've been talking about all still fit under this umbrella of being better libertarians, of being the best libertarians that we can be, because we are the example. We are the trendsetters. We are the people who are going to be changing hearts and minds and actions do speak louder than words. And as I sit here and I give you words and I don't live up to the standards that I'm, I'm even preaching to you right now, it is still true. And it's something that I'm trying to look at getting better at. And it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, and it's something super important. To, if this is something you care about, you have to take this seriously. And I'm not suggesting that any of you here don't. But just take a minute sometime this week and think about what could you be doing just with a few hours of your time to be benefiting your community. So uh, Celeste says there's a guy in Arizona being prosecuted for leaving water for the illegal immigrants yeah i saw that i saw that Ro, revolutionary thanks for the share um court says i try oh a good way to get around the whole no giving out food is just to have a gallon ziploc bag with travel size hygiene stuffs gift cards to food places emergency blankets i try to keep a few bags full in my car well that's good i like that that's a nice idea i read about that guy awesomeness what he done yeah i mean Leaving, leaving that water out is, you know, 
And I saw the video of them like kicking the, all the jugs of water over. It's like the least you could have done is just take the water. I mean, good lord, but whatever. <laughs> oh man, it's yeah, it, it's an interesting situation that we live in. It's an interesting time, and um, you know, I think when I started this show, like I was, I was really in that rut of like, ah, well, I'm I'm doing the podcast now. I'm doing my part to, you know, let's be honest, like not only do, do none of us really in these communities have the sort of reach or outlook to be key influential players in like the development of libertarianism. I don't even, I don't even allude to that. Um, even then there's more you can do. There is more. And this is probably like the single most important thing in, in my life. And that's a really big statement. It's a really bold statement. And I'm sure some people are going to be like, well, this guy's a little crazy here, but like, I don't have a family. I, you know, I don't have all these things to worry about. I have my job and I have making a better tomorrow because I don't want to live in what we have today any longer than I have to. And I don't want other people to have to live there any longer than we have to. And me sitting on a microphone and talking to you guys is important it's part of it. It's part of the process, but it's not how we get there. It's not how we go from point A to B. Point A to B is by getting out there and doing good in your communities, by promoting agorism, by building those relationships, by showing that libertarian philosophies work, by showing that we don't need the state to coddle us. Liberty Memes just shared your video. Thanks, Liberty Memes. Yeah, it's... It's something that is really spoken to me in a way that I can't say have, you know, I've, I've, I've really put enough thought into before to give justice. Um, and again, there are so many ways to do that. So many ways. Uh, Sonny says, I keep a gallon Ziploc bag of water in my car. I throw it at them without stopping. Gets a laugh every time, but kind of, uh, Kind of more sounds like yelling. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's again, so many different ways. Uh, don't even little, little things, guys, like little tiny things, donating to a local library, um, you know, picking up trash on the side of the road. That's something I'm super guilty of in the past. Like I was like, I'm not picking up that trash. Just walk right past it. And I, I've, this is really something that I've really been trying to do in like the last couple months because there's trash everywhere in this freaking country. I swear to God, it is so bad. But I, you know, walking down the road and I'll see a cup and I'll just kind of notice it out of the corner of my eye and I'll not think about it and I'll have to stop and I'll be like, no, pick the cup up, throw it away. Okay. Just because someone else is a douchebag and throws a cup on the ground doesn't mean that you have to like, like pick it up and clean it. Like that's something that takes two minutes of my life at most just to take a cup to the trash can and is in its own tiny little way helping your community. I don't even, you know, live here. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I live here, but I don't, this is not my permanent residence. I, I'm not expecting to live here for forever, but it's those kinds of things, little things. It's all it takes. If you're a super busy person and all you have time to do is to like donate a couple books that you haven't read in a while to a library or throw a couple bucks at a homeless shelter or, you know, I mean, like those families that used to go out on like Thanksgiving and Christmas and go volunteer at the homeless shelters and stuff like that in the soup kitchens. Like, I know that's kind of, that has a really bad stigma of being like, oh, like 
instead of like playing video games on Christmas, I'm going to go help at the, the homeless shelter. Like that, that is something that has to change. That is something that has to change. And I know, especially like for kids, it's hard because they, they don't understand the wider implications of stuff like that. But people see these things. These are, these are powerful things. Uh, Court says, my grandpa always told me to leave an area better than you found it. It really doesn't take any time to do. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's no reason why you can't pick that cup up. And I understand if like the, those streets are littered with trash, like you live in San Francisco or something, you can't, you can't clean it up all by yourself. But that's something you could maybe organize with your community. Sonny says, another example, being a father figure for a woman who has, a, who has daddy issues. <laughs> sure. Sure, yeah, if you want to go that way. Yeah, I mean, that's um, perhaps not exactly what I had in mind, but, you know, nothing. <laughs> good, good, good way to stir it up. Um, leave nothing and only take memories. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, we could sit here all day and we could list out ways that we could be better libertarians, but when it comes down to it, that's really what I wanted to get across today is that we can all do better. And not only that, but I, I mean, I know everyone in this chat right now, like there's nobody here who's like from the podcast who have no idea what their origins are or anything. Every single one of us are people who have, who have sat down and, and told themselves or other people that this is what we want from the world. This is how we want the world to be. And it starts with us. It starts with us. And that's, that's almost kind of scary, right? It's like, I think so many people are sit around and say, not to suggest this is any of you guys, but I think even to an extent, I was guilty of this mentality of until very recently is it, okay, I support this. Now we just have to wait for it to happen. And it's kind of like subconscious is you're like, ah, there are these people who are bigger, better, you know, more influential libertarians than I am. And they're going to be the ones who make this change. It starts with us. It really does. It doesn't matter how much Ron Paul gets out there and talks about like uh, taxes are bad. That's great. It's fantastic. Until these things start being applied, none of it matters. Not a single bit of it. And that sucks. I get it. That sucks. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that. But it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Without action, the words are meaningless. And because we have come out and said that we are... We, we want to be these like front runners of this society. We want to be the people who usher it in. That is what this community is about. We are about promoting these things. That is why it is so important for us to really start pushing in our own lives these, these agoristic tendencies, promoting these libertarianism concepts in our communities, um, and you know, on top of being engaged in, if you choose to be engaged in the politics, or not, or however you want to go about it. All these other things that we do, spreading the word, being engaged, it's all an important facet of bringing this on, but we have to be engaged in our communities. And I know you hear that all the time. I know you hear it all the time. We all do. And the GoFundMe's are great. I'm not going to suggest that they aren't for a single second. Liberty Memes does amazing things. But you have to be involved in your community. Your community. The global or the, the national community is great. You know, helping out people all across the country. That's amazing that we can do that. You and me and I and all of us and anybody who watches or listens to this in the future needs to be engaged in your community. Your community. I cannot stress that enough. 
like the things that Kane does is is a perfect example of being engaged in his community. The relationships that he's building, the example that they're setting, like these these are the sort of things that we all have to be looking at. And he talked about some of that the last time he was on my show. If I'm sure most of you guys have heard it by now, but you know. Let's go through some of these comments. Um, Celeste says, my grandfather used to pick up uh, trash can or trash dressers, bikes, refurbish and sell them in his yard. Uh, the lady at the paper who typed up his obituary included how she was able to afford a bike for her son because of him. Little things matter. Little things do matter. Yeah. I struggle with clothes. Little, yeah. <laughs> That's why I believe we all need to go back to the village setup. Our village is all V for voluntary. Um, you know, and that's kind of the whole idea of like the township model, the city state model that we all talk about it. Um, or we, we usually talk about in the framework of Van Capistan as being the most feasible. And that's because it is a community focused uh, thing. And it doesn't have to be like mini nationalism with nation state or, you know, be like a whole Greece archipelago nonsense where they all hated each other and tried to kill each other all the time. It doesn't have to be that way. The only thing that's a necessity out of that is that you have the city-state model to fit the individual needs of your city-state. So, and something that I'd like to talk about in the future, not necessarily today, though we can get into that, is um, some hurdles that we're going to have to look at crossing when it comes to setting up uh, in Kavasan in the U.S. Some large hurdles, some big 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 hurdles that make it a very difficult prospect but baby steps folks baby steps you know i you you guys know how i view this we go from statism to little statism to minarchy even smaller statism to constitutional republic to libertarian society to ancapistan it's a step by step process uh, it's not something that we're going to be see seeing tomorrow it may not be something that we see in our lifespan but no one will ever see it if we don't start towards it if we keep waiting for it to show up it will never come so being a part of liberty memes being a part of these communities are all key things about that but you have to be engaged in your communities and i know i sound preachy i know i sound super preachy and i'm sorry about that but this is kind of something i've been putting a lot of thought into and it's something that I, you know, I really believe to be true and it's very, I think it's very key to all of this. It's kind of like one of the pieces of the puzzle that I've been missing is how to, you know, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this comment. It kind of lost my train of thought there. Kane says, uh, have had any experience with debriefing, uh, is it's what I specifically focus on. Can you go ahead and elaborate on that? I think I'm missing something there. Sonny says, I say we live in teepees and offer food and skills to people who arrive on ships. Oh, wait, they, the blanket they gave me is itchy. Good Lord, man. <laughs> Super savage. I thought you were going to have like some kind of funny comment there, but I didn't, I didn't expect it to go that route. That's definitely a real humdinger you got there. So, um, I guess I'll stop the preaching. I think I've made my point and I will, I will assign a piece of homework for all of you. And I know everybody loves homework. It's find, find one or two things that you can start doing tomorrow. If you wished to benefit your community, 
just one or two things. You know, it doesn't, it could be a weekly thing, bi-weekly, maybe even a monthly thing, you know, something like that. Habitat for Humanity, if you like those kind of organizations, whatever. Find one or two things in your community that you can do this week and and try to make plans towards working on, on being involved in those things. That's all I ask. I'm not asking you guys go out and, and volunteer all of your free time. Um, I'm just, just consider the, the options, look at what you can do, think about what the impact could be and make your decision from there. So, uh, court says super savage. Is that a race? Is that a racism? Uh, no, no, it's not. Cause I'm not a racer. So there you go. Bam. Not a racer. Never have been, never will be. Okay. I think this is good. I think we had a really, really, really good show today. I think, um, I mean, pretty much everything I wanted to talk about was said. Unless you guys have anything to add on. I think, I think I'm good with wrapping this one up. I am, I'm pretty happy with how this turned out. Much, much better than the last uh, debacle we have. And we're about to wrap up here pretty soon too. It was good having you out, man. Thanks for coming. This was a great show. Thanks. I appreciate you guys coming out. It was absolutely fantastic. So we'll go ahead and, and start wrapping this up. So I'm going to do my outro. First off, thanks for coming out to the show. It was fantastic having you all out here. Um, we saw a couple new faces this time. So that's always good for the live show. If you guys are listening to this in the podcast format or here live in the show right now, I have a call to action for you. If you would please go to the Facebook page and like it if you haven't. Join the community group if you're interested in that. And Please uh, go to your favorite podcasting app, whether it's uh, Apple iTunes or Google Play or whatever, and like the uh, like the show and leave a review. Subscribe, whatever you got to do. Stay up to date. It really helps. It's like it's like a super bump from the algorithms there. So even more impactful than just a normal bump. So appreciate you guys 100% for that. Um, if you did enjoy the show, you can find it in a podcasting format and pretty much every distributor out there. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all of the above. Uh, we have an email, contact at libertyafterdark.net. We have a website, libertyafterdark.net that I don't update enough, but it gets the most recent episodes from there. I think that's pretty much it. I, I'm sure I missed something, but oh, that's right. One last thing before we go and then we're out of here. Um, we do have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can continue to support the show. Um, if, if you guys are into that sort of thing, by all means, it's Patreon at or patreon.com slash Liberty After Dark. Uh, I, I appreciate it a thousand times over. So do I have a pager number? No, I don't. I do not have a pager number, nor do I think I would give it out on the podcast if I did have one. Kane, awesomeness show. Thanks, buddy. It was fantastic. Bunch of yays. All right, we're going to get out of here now. You guys take it easy. Thanks for everybody coming out. It was fun. Same time next week. If we do a, another show this week, I will let you guys know on the Facebook page. So it's very important that you guys follow the Facebook page to stay up to date to see if we're going to be doing that second show this week. If not, it will for certain be the week after. I'm still trying to build up everything that I want to do. So, all right. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>